Hey guys, welcome back to On The Bad Bar Podcast. I hope you're all having an amazing week. Today we have Ian Burrell, the Global Rum Ambassador, here to chat to us all about Rumfest and London Rum Week, which is coming up mid-October. Such an exciting show. Uh, now in its 15th year of operations, there's going to be some incredible seminars there. And we're also going to talk today about his amazing rum, Equiano, uh, which is in collaboration with Richard Sill, so you know it's going to be a good rum. Uh, this is an excellent, excellent episode. We talk about all the rum stuff and all the rum news that could be possibly going on. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing this event uh, and see how it goes. So tickets are still available. Uh, if you look in the show notes of this episode, you're going to find all the information to the website and where you can buy the tickets too. So yes, please enjoy this episode and talk to you all soon. Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On The Back Bar podcast. Uh, we have a really amazing guest today here to chat all about rum and uh, some incredible events coming up in the world uh, so ian burrell joins us now uh he's got an impressive collection of rum behind him which i'm so jealous of and uh we were just saying it's a really busy time of year right for you with everything coming up yeah it is yeah because yeah, um yeah it just seems like a lot of events uh happen around september october time it's probably just pre-christmas but then also i have my rum festival which i've done Right, for the last 14 years this will be the 15th year which always happens in october so um it's always like getting there uh trying to get the show organized and the the program and getting the rum companies there and this year of course has been a little bit more challenging um but uh yes it's a yes yeah, so always a busy time sometimes I, I just can't wait to the end of october so i could have a i can have a chill and relax and enjoy the, the last two months of the year <laughs> good, good well i mean yeah definitely gonna be talking about rum fest today and uh and obviously london rum week as well um you know, 15 years yes. are so impressive, man. Congratulations for that that long run. What's yes. been, um, I mean, obviously, yes, very challenging this year, I imagine. So it's great you've been able to go ahead with it. Um, you know, what are some of the changes this year that people might not expect? Um, well, all in all the other years, we've had two days, two days of, of rum. In fact, not, not all the other years. Last year, we had a smaller, smaller event because it was even more challenging right. than this year. But um, in previous years, it's been a two day event uh, for consumers and one day for um, for the trade, for the bartenders and the, and the professionals. So this but this year, what we've done is we've done one day for consumer and split it into two sessions. So we have an early session uh, in the afternoon and then we have an evening session uh, and we'll still we'll still keep the trade day. Um, but we're also launching um, for the Sunday, which would have been the second day for Rumfest. We're launching a new show called the Spiced Rum Show, uh, which is just based around the, the rise of spice mm -hmm. rums. We've seen a lot of that, what's going in the UK, 
a lot of new distilleries making uh, their own spice rums from scratch or importing rums from the Caribbean and infusing. So we wanted to really showcase and give them their own platform. So this will be year one for, for this spice rum show. Um, so it still means there's three days of events, but um, Rumfest will be just concentrated on one day um, as opposed to two. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to jumping a bit more into it and uh, to see what people can expect. But mm. um, I'm going to start with yeah. uh, something that was quoted to me recently in one of the episodes uh, from Tim, who was from uh, Craft Source Cocktails. But uh, he basically said yeah. that in life, you've got to find your North Star. And I guess for you, your North Star was rum. <laughs> and, um, you know, you, yeah. you've kind of had a pretty... Um, a pretty interesting career sort of jumping around in different you know parts and i would love to know mm. was rum always going to be the thing or did it something was it something you discovered over time tell us about that um well i've always been in my, my family's jamaican so uh rum has been in our blood been in our family ever since i was before i was born and and obviously we're around when i was born at, at the time my mom used to say to me that um because when I say to people, when I had my first rum, it was like about four days old. <laughs> because, uh, a little bit on the lip to help me to sleep or put me to sleep, depending on who's telling the story. Um, but yeah, it's, it's part of part of my culture. So I've always, always had rum around the house and uh, around me. And when I started working after taking um, a bit of time off of school, like a couple of months off school, I started working as a bartender. And all the fun drinks were rum-based um, because I knew rum and loved rum, uh, making them... Uh, just became a, a hobby, uh, but then it became a profession when I decided to stay in the industry and continue bartending because I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, that's how rum became part of who I am, my everyday life, and I just then developed over the course of time into into what I am today as a rum ambassador. And it's a global rum ambassador as well, and that's you know it's such a great title. Yeah. But I mean, I think yeah. it's you know yeah. the things you do for the rum industry are deserved of that role as well. And I know you've got a great relationship with a lot of the distillery owners and producers. Um, mm -hmm. You know yeah. how did yeah. how did you get from sort of bartending with rum to becoming this global, you know, well-respected rum ambassador? How did that step come? It was just uh, well, it was a case of I, I used to work for one brand, um, being a bartender, being Jamaican. I was asked to uh, work for a, a Jamaican rum company here in the UK, um, J. Ray Nephew, mm. UK. And um, they felt it was a really good idea for a bartender to talk to other bartenders about their brands, um, making me the first brand ambassador, uh, rum brand ambassador in the UK. Um, and it just progressed from there. I, I, I'd always believed that to be the best uh, at what you want uh, uh, the, to be best in your field you should try to understand your field in total not just your own product but everything um so i wanted to learn more about other rums so i could be a better brand ambassador for the company i worked with and while i was working and learning about all these other brands i realized there was no one really speaking for them there was no one representing them so i said why not me <laughs> um there's, there's no one to stop me but myself mm. Uh, so I decided I was going to be a, a, a representative for the rum category. Um, and as a brand ambassador, it was a little bit more than that because I didn't represent one brand. So I just said, right, category ambassador or a rum ambassador. And it just stuck, the whole rum ambassador. And because I was traveling and being invited around the world, um, it just made so much sense just to call yourself the global rum ambassador because it, it, it made more of an impact when you were speaking to people. and said, yeah, I'm the global ambassador for, for the rum category. And they were like, really? Who pays you? I'm like, well any rum company that hires me yeah but who appointed you i'm like no one did i appointed myself if mm. you <laughs> believe you can achieve and i believe i was going to be the rum ambassador and and that's that's where i sit today um but you have to build up that that credibility yeah. 
uh, as well. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to be the best and, and expect everyone to believe that. You have to build that over time. And the relationships I've had and I have with the various different run companies around the world, whether they're the big established brands or the small little boutique uh, brands that are coming up, I treat them all equally um, with respect and, uh, and understanding of where they're trying to come from with their particular product. And try, hopefully if they, are, if, they, if they seek my counsel, then I'll give them some guidance from the years of experience I have in the industry. So, so that's how that's developed and that's how and why the rum companies acknowledge that, yes, I'm, I'm a global or the global ambassador for the rum category. And there still isn't, someone else, there still isn't anyone else yet um, to, to, to follow in that footsteps, but I'm sure there are other people out there thinking, well, I can represent a category and, and why not? Right, yeah. And no, you're right. I think, um, you know, it's like I said, you are well-respected. I know a lot of people um, really love what you do and, and feel you've sort of oh, evolved the category a lot. Um, can you tell us about some of those changes from when you first started as a as an ambassador to now? And I guess we have improved, yeah. right, in terms of knowledge and education. Oh, massively, massively. Well, I mean, I, before before I created Rumfest, there, there wasn't any international rum festivals out there in the world. So my one was the actual first. And, and the, reason, the reason why that came about was some of the some of the changes that have happened today that we're appreciating today and that's an understanding of the rum category itself rum has is one of those spirits that always just gets thrown into one bucket and everyone thinks all oh, rums are the same or, or rums are just white gold and dark when there are much more nuances when it comes to rum and we we see this in whiskey uh we see this in in grape uh, sorry fruit-based spirits like brandies and piscos and um Alm uh, almanacs and uh, cognacs and all the world but we never really see this in 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 rums um the only Possibly some other sugarcane spirits. Uh, we see this in cachaça, but even then they get thrown into the rum bucket when they're not. They're actually cachaça, the, the spirit, the sugarcane spirit from Brazil. So what I wanted to do was to get people to understand that there are premium rums. Uh, there are rums made from pot stills, there's rum made from column stills, but more importantly, each region and each country make their own style of rum. And that's how we should be looking at um, the category of rum. Jamaican rums are Jamaican rums. Barbados rums are Barbados rums. Puerto Rican rums are Puerto Rican rums. And that's the real way we can really understand the category. And, uh, and I feel where we've, where we've traveled over the last few years, especially in the last 10 years, there's much more of an understanding of that uh, where it wasn't there before. Um, and I feel that's probably the, the biggest, the biggest progress in the rum category is that there is a little bit more um a little bit more clarity in what a rum is um but we still got a long way to go um there are still some people that think spice rum is rum mm. <laughs> um, um so uh, again it's a style of rum it's a style of uh, of spirit that's been um added to but uh, uh, a true rum wouldn't have anything added to it unless it's a, a touch of little bit of maybe some, some rum companies like to add a touch of sugar just to drive that flavor. But uh, true rum and pure rums are the, are, are the way that the spirit category is going. So yeah, there's a lot of new things people are learning. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a, there's, there is a still a long way to go, mm. but we're in a great place uh, in rum. Good. Premium rums are growing. Yeah. People enjoying spice rums. People are talking about the rum category uh, in a way. So you got me on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a good step. I'd like to ask, do you think that's balanced between on trade and consumer base? Do you think there's um, balance there? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think the, the the on trade is a little bit more learned when it comes to the rum. But again, there's still there's still a lot more to do. There are still there are still bars I go into where I look at their menus and they'll categorize their rums as white, gold, and dark. Right. And 
right next to the Bacardis of the world, which are the Puerto Rican rum aged for a minimum of one year, very light, subtle, because that's the Puerto Rican way. That's right next to um, an, an apple, uh, not, uh, not an apple, a Ray Nephew overproof, a Jamaican rum, unaged, 63% alcohol by volume, uh, completely different flavor profile, but they, they're, they're categorized in the same category. Mm. That's like categorizing uh, a scotch with a bourbon uh, because they're both whiskeys. Um, as opposed to doing it as Scot Scottish whiskey and an American whiskey. Right. And uh, so, yeah, so the on-trade is getting better, but there's still a long way to go. But with consumers, depending on most of the consumers are just, just happy to drink something that makes them feel good. Um, and I like to stay there enjoying more of the rum experience than rum. Mm. Um, so again, they may be drinking a spice rum and to them that's rum um if it's a spice rum where you can taste the rum in it then not a problem if it's just ethanol um and it's just got loads of flavorings inside and there you can't taste any rum then there's a problem mm. um they're, they're now thinking that is a spice rum or they're thinking that's a rum so um yeah it's it's a lot more challenging with the general consumer because there's a lot of misinformation out there um and a lot more uh, a lot more rewarding and easier with the trade because they are more geared to learning about their tools of their trade the spirits behind on their back bar um and then they then pass it on to consumers mm, okay good and you know for for those who who will need to want to learn more what type of resources do you recommend i know you've got your website and you do loads yeah. of classes and i'm sure Rumfest has a load of uh, educational <laughs> oh. things going on yeah this yeah, the seminars, the seminars we do at Rumfest are, are seen as legendary. We have, there's some people that only come to Rumfest just to go from one seminar to another seminar because we have some of the best speakers in the world talking about the most up-to-date topics or just they want to taste some um, some samples of rums from with the horse, but from the horse's right. mouth, talking, guiding them through. Um, so, but resources-wise, there's loads of good websites out there of true rum um, aficionados that like to talk about their products. And again, it's always their point of view. So always take... Uh, every point of view of a pinch of salt because it is your own personal uh, opinion um, but it's always good to hear some other people's opinions in case they you agree with them or you disagree with them as long as it's a good good fruitful uh, debate as opposed to some uh, as opposed to something that's really malicious and say oh you just don't know what you're talking about because you're the rum you're drinking is rubbish <laughs> no the rum you're they're drinking is just not for you yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean it's rubbish it's not for you uh, it might be for them um and then books wise there's some great books out Dave Broom has written a couple of great books Tristan Stevenson mm -hmm. um as well historically wise Ian Williams um has done a book about the real spirit of 1776 um talking about how America was really governed by rum and molasses and not uh, tea like in the Boston tea party <laughs> it right. wasn't tea um so yeah there are some really yeah, some really great books out there um to look look for um in regards to sources and also not only rums but how rums are used so some cocktail books um that focus around rums like some uh, tiki books and tiki cocktail books as well fantastic well i'll make sure i put some of those in the show notes including your website as well yeah. um yeah. So obviously, I mean, we're, we're going to be leaning up to London Rum Week, which is the 11th to yeah. the 17th. Yeah. And we've got the 16th. Uh, is it the 17th as well for Rumfest? Yeah, well, Rumfest is actually the 15th to the 17th. So the 15th oh, is right, the trade brilliant. day. Yeah, the trade and professional day. Uh, mm -hmm. You get to sample some new rums. Some of the rums that have launched during the pandemic and that haven't um, have a ch had a chance to actually really get out to bartenders or get out to bars for them to taste and sample so this is a chance we we bring everyone together under one roof and they can sample and taste some of these small boutique uh, rums and there's some existing rums some bigger brands that are just doing new launches as well or mm. they're looking just to reacquaint themselves 
with uh, the trade. So we've got the trade day and that's on the 15th. On the 16th is the two session rum festival, uh, about 400 different rums you can try over the two sessions. Uh, if you do both sessions, yeah, yeah. You get your glass, get some water, go around and sample and taste one CL <laughs> of each and just learn about the product or go to the seminars. We have our traditional happy hour dance, um, carnival uh at the end of each session so we have our dancers doing cuban dance and the trinidad dancing and that type of stuff just to create a nice party atmosphere because rum is fun um and then yeah and then the new show on the sunday in east london a different venue in east london the place called the night tales and we're going to be launching as a different spice rooms i uh, got some djs there and people can try them in, in cocktails and highballs um mm. so yeah that should be another fun fun session um for your sunday afternoon uh from like two till seven or two to eight because um, it will be a school night. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> yeah. it gives you time to get back home and uh, get back into, tuck into bed ready for uh, school or the next or work the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for, for the audience listening, how can they get a ticket? Yeah, just go to our website. Website mm-hmm. is uh, um, www.rumfest.co.uk um, and that has all the information about Rumfest and the Spice Rum Show. Um, all the tickets um, are there for the sessions and for the masterclasses. So yeah, just rumfest.co.uk. Perfect. So that'll be in the show notes as well. So yeah. I mean, um, I'm really, in- I'm so. I mean, obviously, you might know I'm in Bangkok, so I can't make it. Um, because of travel oh, well, limitations yeah. Yeah. we'll bring we'll <laughs> but, bring it to bangkok <laughs> yeah do do let me know um i'm you know i'm wondering what's um what seminar or masterclass are you most looking forward to um i suppose um i, I think one of the best speakers when it comes to rum is a guy named richard seal um he's amazing richard he was seal. on my show oh right yeah, okay brilliant, brilliant. yeah, yeah so richard seal uh from the four square distillery is always entertaining as in uh from a geeky level I think to really appreciate him, you have to be a geek, a rum geek, uh, really understand rum and its nuances and how it's made and why it was made and the history of rum, especially from a Barbados perspective, because as you know, Barbados is the home of rum, uh, which is where rum got its name. Um, And of course, Richard is an exponent in the whole history uh, aspect of that. So love listening to him, love um, listening to his pearls of wisdom and words of wisdom, but also tasting some of his new rums. Some of his rums are some of the most sought after liquids, let alone rums in the world so at a session at Rumfest, although he's not flying in from barbados because of um he's going to give a a miss this year just because of the, the precautions and such um he will be zooming in live uh from barbados on the screen uh and it will have the local ambassador doing hosting the tasting with richard so richard will be conducting the tasting but the guests will be able to see him up on the screen um asking questions he'll be able to see them um and taste some of these delicious rums uh that have been released and maybe a couple of exclusives that haven't been released yet uh as well so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that and hopefully it won't be at the same time as my presentations <laughs> sorry <laughs> he's um he's a great speaker yeah he was on episode 43 yeah. um I, I love his rums uh you know foursquare and and dolly's absolutely yeah. amazing yeah are they um, are yeah, no, definitely. I'll be looking forward to see. Um, can you stream the seminars or is it literally just for the events? Is this uh, It will be anyway? just for the events, but we will be recording them and posting them on a later date. But uh, we're not actually That's streaming perfect. live. No, we're streaming live mm-hmm. because, and one of the reasons why is because we want to encourage the people here in the UK to start to basically go back, go to the new norm. Um, we mm-hmm. we have moved on quite a lot over the last few months, especially with our vaccine program and, and getting people to events and that type of stuff. And, and there's a few companies that actually, funny enough, they said to us, came to us and said, well, we've got a little bit of online fatigue. If you're doing it live, we're definitely, as in 
people to people, people to people, we definitely want to be there. Um, so we we listen to them and we say, okay, we will do as much as we can. We'll, we've reduced the numbers this year of people just so we'll have more space in the show. Um, we are in requiring everyone to either be double jabbed or um, or to have their the the vaccination pass um, or to take a test or they may have recovered um, as well within six months. So just to make sure we're covering all bases and making sure everyone's safe um, at the actual show. So, um, and that's the reason why we haven't streamed it live, but we will be using some of the videos for uh, content um, later on our post show, um, just to keep people's enthusiasm going and of course, promoting for the following year. Um, so yeah, there'll, yeah. Be, there'll be access to some of the tastings and some of the seminars um, after the show. Cool. No, I agree with that decision. Uh, it's good now we, we sort of need to move past all this uh, doom and gloom. Yeah. Um, fantastic, man. Well, I'd like to move into, um, well, rum, more yes, rum. But I'm actually looking at the bottles behind you, and I can see on the right is your own bottle of rum as well. Oh, right. um, oh yes, yes, you, you can do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nicely there. Now, you did tell me the name, and I'm so sorry. My pronunciation's awful. Oh, no, so it's, it's, I'm not, it not going to embarrass myself. <laughs> Equi, Equiano. Equiano. Equiano rum. Tell us more about that. So Equiano rum is the world's first African and Caribbean rum. And basically that means it's just a, it's a blend of rums from the African continent and Caribbean region. Um, The Caribbean region for me being the epicenter of the rum world, some of the, probably the best rums are coming from there. Um, And in Africa, um, the influencer of the Caribbeans in making spirits. Um, As we know, a lot of Africans were enslaved and taken to the Caribbean and were making rums um, back in Mm. the days um, as such. So it was a really nice way of bringing the old to the new um, of getting some of the best liquids, which is what we want to do, getting some of the best liquids from the African continent and then having them being blended uh, with some amazing rums from the Caribbean. So our our first batch, our first product is a blend of rums from Mauritius, we are making some amazing rums uh, on the island from a distillery called the Grey Distillery that makes New Grove. Um, that's their big brand. And we, we aged that rum for 10 years in cognac cask. Well, they age the rums in cognac cask and once you use nice. French oak and once you use cognac cask. And then that rum is sent to Barbados, um, to the Foursquare Distillery, where uh, my, my mm. partner in the brand and the, our blender, Richard Seal, he then blends that with Foursquare rum. Um, which has been aged in, which is pot still, column still aged in, once used bourbon cast. So it's two different styles of rums, two different cultures mm. um, that is blended together, and then two different casts, so cognac cast and American oak. So that's blended, married, and bottled at Four Square Distillery. And then that's sent to the US and the UK uh, to be drunk <laughs> um, by, by the world. Um, we're still a fairly new brand. We actually officially launched in 2020, and then three months later, oh no, <laughs> it was like, Right. Well, shut down. But um, we've, we've been, been <laughs> a lot of love has been shown online. People buying bottles direct to customer. People tasting it. We've won uh, every award that we've entered in. We've won a gold medal. Gold medal. Um, so it tastes good. I mean, Rich is not bad at making rum. So uh, he's he knows a thing or two. Yeah, knows a thing or two. So uh, we knew we were going to be in good hands there. Uh, I mean, a funny story was a. Uh, I had I actually did the first blend in my kitchen where I was uh, coming up with the idea of the Mauritian <laughs> Barbados. I'm blending up and doing samples, and uh, um, gave a sample. Met Richard one time in a hotel in London when they were over here and said, "This is what I want the rum to be like." And I tasted the rum and I was like, "Yeah, don't give up your daytime job, Ian." <laughs> but he understood he understood the direction I was going with, with their actual rum. So when he created his blends, 
um yeah they they were just exceptional and a lot better than my my attempts my attempts were not bad i don't i think they were quite good um but which is <laughs> far far surpassed mine um but yeah as a company we want to be seen as some of the best we want some of the best blends in the world um we want uh we want to talk about a, our story uh as well because the equiano was an african he was enslaved when he was 11 taken to barbados and then sent to the uk mm. so his journey in the 1700s is the same journey our rum makes uh, which is why we do it that way um and this guy bought his own freedom by the time he was 21 by selling spices and rum in the caribbean so and then also wrote a, an amazing book about his his life which went on to inform the Transatlantic Slave Act of 1807. So it's a very important historical figure. Um, and that's mm. that's the reason why we wanted to pay homage to him with our rum. And also, it also um, aligned with the rest of our, uh, us as founders, as four founders um, for the brand of our philanthropic, what's called mindset. So we wanted to be able to give back and do charitable stuff with, with the rum. So two dollars two pounds and two euros of every bottle that we sell from our website goes to our foundation which actually helps ground level um, um organizations uh, in things like uh, anti-slavery uh, international um mm. people trafficking um child abuse uh, so we're looking to support charities that deal and and target um those types of traumas um so yeah we've been in, in first year the first year has gone really well we've actually donated quite a bit of money because we sold more than we thought we were going to sell which is great um but yeah we just want to make a difference um and that's something out of would have wanted um especially as we had his name on our bottle we want to be able to um have respect and pay respect to his name by um by being and working with various different organizations and charities uh, like that so yeah that's the equiano brand and uh it's um yeah it's going well we're in about 16 countries at the moment um don't think we're actually in a um at kl yet uh no bangkok yet are we in bangkok no not yet yeah we're not in thailand yet but we are in places just around um the facility um but funny enough um i was in paris uh two days ago at the whiskey live um launching uh we're doing tastings of equiano because it's just it's just flying in france and this uh this uh beautiful master distiller came over and i recognized her straight away because uh it's absolutely amazing but she makes some of the some great rum and it's a chalon bay um from phuket oh the yeah corner. okay uh, so she came yeah. up to see Ian. I'm like, hey, I, I can't remember her name because I'm so blown away. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I remember trying her rums um, a couple of years ago in Paris and they were absolutely amazing. And I promised that I was going to be coming to see her down in Phuket, coming down to see the distillery to see how they how they work and how they do their products. But again, uh, all I, although I say rum is the, the epicenter of the rum world is in the Caribbean, there are some great rums coming out of uh, especially Asia uh, as well. And the, the rums from Chalon Bay in Phuket is absolutely amazing. Of course, you've got uh, other Thai rums <laughs> as well, being a big, big, big drink, drinkers of, uh, of rum and, and cane spirits and other products as well. So, um, Yeah, they're definitely big yeah, drinkers. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, so uh, Marine, Marine, I think it's Marine from um, it. Marine. Yeah, yes. Chalon Bay. Yes. Yeah, those, yeah, those guys are great. They're, uh, they're making great products. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, alcohol laws and, and distribution their thing in thailand is so difficult you know yes, they, yeah, they they've they've been lucky to to get to where they are and i think it's just because they are generally great people making great products yeah 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 it's very true 
Um, well, I mean, I'm so excited about you. I mean, that was a lot about your brand. Um, firstly, amazing you're helping out those good causes. Um, yeah. It's quite scary to think that sort of thing still happens in the world, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, and it's all forms of all forms of modern slavery, as they like to call it. But it, it's, it all falls under the people trafficking um, from yeah. when it was Africans being enslaved back in the in the 17th century, uh, right up to today, where we're seeing in Europe we're seeing what's called the people traffic of people, women being exploited, taken from Eastern Europe and then um, sold um, in other parts of the world, other countries in the world, um, in Asia, um, kids being taken from one place to another place. So it's it's it's, it's mind boggling that it still happens yeah. today that uh, yeah. another human being could look at another human being as a resource, as a, as a tool, as a commodity. Um, and again, so the more highlight, the more that we bring it to the forefront to let people understand and understand what's going on, the better. Because um, yeah, in this day and age, it's just, I mean, even, even back then, 400 odd years ago, it was mind boggling, uh, which right. is why you had abolitionists back then. Um, but today's in, where we're supposed to be a developed uh, society and there's a lot more information out there, you'd still amaze how, it's still, how much it still goes on. Yeah, it's a scary world. Well, I'm glad you're sort of, you know, helping that cause and it matches obviously the name of the brand. Um, tell me about the tasting notes. Well, tell me about the taste of the rum. How do you like to drink it? I'm guessing straight, you know, that's, uh, well, that's a very Richard thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, here's, here's a good, and, and, and I'm, I think I've converted Richard slightly because, uh, as you know, <laughs> Richard, with four square rums, especially the exceptional cast, they're all um, 48 plus upwards, some of them are about 48, but most of them are around the 50 mark and 55 mark and going towards cast rooms. And they're really, really for the purists that really love their big, heavy rums um, yeah. that double matured in two different types of wood and two different types of barrels and things like that. Um, but Equiano, although it's only 43% alcohol by volume, um, it carries a lot of flavor because of the two types of barrels, the two types of woods we're using uh, inside there. And I, when people say to me, is Equiano is sipping rum, especially after they've tasted it for the first time and they've smelt those natural sweet notes because um, nothing's been added to it. No spices, no sugar, no colorants. It is all natural. Um, when they smell that natural wood and those natural spices and natural sweet, no citrus, um, they're like, wow, it, this must be a sipping, um, a sipping rum. I'm like, no, it's not a sipping rum. It's a drinking rum um you drink it in any way you want if you want to sip it yeah you can sip it if you want a couple of cues of ice in there have a couple of cues of ice if you want it in a cocktail or with your favorite mixer nothing wrong with that as long as you're drinking good quality a good quality base uh for your product so yeah so equiano is a sipping uh sorry a drinking rum not a sipping rum per se but you can sip it if you want to and a lot of people have been drinking it neat uh, by itself warmer glass um, I, one of my favorite ways is just inside the glass, one cube of ice, and then the squeeze, just squeeze of a orange peel, just the oils and that mm. sits on top of the glass, discard the orange peel. And then you have the aromas of fresh orange mixing with, uh, the orange oils with the, with the rum. And it really brings out the natural citrus notes you find inside the actual uh, rum to so enhance in that. Um, but then we also have a new light, uh, rum, um, where, so instead of mixing, uh, an age, uh, uh, cognac cast from Mauritius, with an age uh, bourbon cast from Barbados. We're now mixing uh, an age three-year-old from Foursquare Barbados with a fresh sugarcane juice distillate from Mauritius. So it's sugarcane juice and molasses uh, uh, mixed okay. together into a lighter style of rum. And again, this was really created, again, from my cocktail background. We wanted to have a base for something, for a really good daiquiri or really light, um, really light, subtle flavored premium drinks. Um, but 
after tasting it in France uh, recently with a lot of French bartenders, they're loving it because they, they used to drink it agricoles, uh, fresh sugar cane juice realms from Martinique and Guadeloupe and the French Caribbean, Reunion and places like that as well. Um, so they appreciate the, the cane aromas um, from, from the new Equiana light. But because it's got age rum inside there, three-year-old rums that have tropically aged for three years. So three years in Barbados, the maturity wise is like six to nine years in say cooler climates of like Scotland. Um, if you age spirits at the same time, you're adding that depth of uh, wood notes and the natural vanillas and, and other stone fruits with that fresh sugar cane juice. So it, it creates something unique and something different. So again, it is an African Caribbean rum, but it's something unique because it's aged and unaged and molasses and fresh sugar cane juice, Barbados and Mauritius. Um, so yeah, two, two really interesting tasting rums and we're really, we're really looking forward to your reactions when uh, you taste them, when you taste them, when we get some bottles to you. Please, yeah, um, yeah, send them over, man. <laughs> I would love to try. <laughs> Sounds amazing. You know, I love, I love everything uh, that Richard does, and I, I'm sure this new collaboration with you is going to be outstanding. Oh yeah. Um, let's let's go into cocktails. Yeah. I think we just touched a little bit on there. Yeah. There. Um, how about you know? I mean, we've discussed about um the education of rum and how that sort of changed a little bit. What about cocktail? culture of rum how has that changed over the last sort of 10 years for you oh it's changed dramatically and the the cocktail bar is for me one of the um most important tools has been the most important tools for the growth of rum um the bartenders are really understanding mm. how to use rums in certain ways and again as i said earlier um it's about rum experiences there are a lot of consumers that think they don't like rum because first of all they're thinking they have to drink it neat or they're drinking a rum that they have they they disagreed with them when they were either younger or got totally violently drunk but there are some amazing cocktails that are all about flavor uh, and the flavor is based on a rum. Um, so I used to have a bar in London uh, where we had like 300 rums in there and there'd be many times customers would come in and say, oh yeah, no, I don't really like rum. I'm like, okay, what do you like? He's like, I like, I like mojitos, I like pina coladas and I like daiquiris. I'm like, uh, you do like rum, it's just <laughs> you like rum in this way. You like rum with a little bit of citrus and a bit of sugar or in a creamy cocktail or, as such. Um, so it's about rum experiences, as I, as I said before, as opposed to the rum. So bartenders are an important part of that because if, yeah, not everyone drinks neat spirit, not everyone drinks a spirit with a simple serve. They might want a really nice tasting, refreshing or fruity uh, or interesting um, or even strong cocktail with rums. And rums, because of styles and various different styles of rums, rums can do anything any other spirit can do within a cocktail there is a rum out there for vodka drinkers whiskey drinkers um brandy mm. drinkers tequila drinkers um there is a rum out there um, or several rums out there for you so the yeah, bartenders and cocktail bars have been an instrument an, an important part of the growth um of rum um and the rum category just because they use them in their various different drinks yeah fantastic i've got another question yeah, because sure. obviously yes you did have a bar yeah so you had 300 bottles on your back bar that's great the question i've got here is like for maybe a lot of the bartenders or bar operators listening mm. what are your sort of go-to bottles that have to be on a back bar? right uh, great question um so as opposed to brands because there are so many great brands out there i always like to say try to go through have a selection because not everyone has the back bar space of 300 rums you might only want to limit now right. so what you want to do is try to have a selection of rums that really um, that can really cover some of the various styles uh, on there. So, of course, um, a lot of a lot of people's go-to style of rum or stereotype of rum is Jamaican rums, because uh, Jamaica has those big, heavy flavors, and a lot of the rums that were sold back in the days, something like over 300 years ago, um, were 
influenced by Jamaica. So you always should have, you should have a couple of Jamaican rums on your bar. And that could be something more subtly blended, like an Appleton uh, range or something a little bit more heavy from the Trelawney area, um, say from the Hamden uh, distillery to something like Hamden Estate. Um, but then you also have to have, uh, and that might be age rums, you might want a, a lighter rum um, or white rum for various different type of cocktails. So you might go Ray and Effie Overproof, 63% alcohol by volume, unaged, which is the national rum of Jamaica. Uh, you might want something like that. So you have a couple of Jamaican rums. Then you also want uh, rums uh, from other really notable rum regions, especially in the Caribbean. So French Caribbean. So you have to have a couple of rum agricoles uh, from either Guadeloupe or Martinique. Um, some great rums there made from fresh sugarcane juice as opposed to molasses. Um, and then have a couple of age variants as well. Because uh, a lot of the times they like to use French oak. So they have a different type of finish and more peppers and spice as well as a natural sweetness, but much more drier on the finish. So have a couple of rums from the French Caribbean. And then your lighter rums, uh, which are more Cuban style. Uh, Cuba really influenced the types of rums you'll get from Dominican Republic, from Central America. Um, so these rums now today are made in like multi-columns, but much more lighter. Um, it's more about the older barrels that they age their spirits in. Um, so it's much more lighter product. Um, much more wood focus. Um, some have been sweetened and some haven't. The ones from um, Nicaragua uh, are not sweetened, um, but then the ones, say, from um, Guatemala um, and Panama have been sweetened and they get their big sweetened with either sugar or sweet wine uh, as well. So have a variance because you have some customers that like these sweetened products and others that like them dry um, as well. And then you have the, the modern tradition as, uh, that's been inspired by Cuba is in Puerto Rico. You have to have your Puerto Rican rums in there because the biggest brand in the world, or one of the biggest brands in the world, is from Puerto Rico. Uh, but there are a few other Puerto Rican rums other than, say, Bacardi. You could have Don Q as another great rum. Um, and they do light, um, mm. lighter, um, medium-bodied. I mean, their heavy rums in Puerto Rico would be a very, 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 very light rum in Jamaica. Uh, that shows you the, the difference between right, Puerto yeah. Rico and Jamaica. And then you've got other interesting um, islands that, that make similar rums too, Jamaican style or Barbados style. Um, St. Lucia um, are doing St. Great Things, Guyana as well. So it all depends on the space you have. So having rums from different regions, um, and maybe one or two from each, each island um, or the, the main islands, just to represent that particular category. Um, and then you got rums of the world. <laughs> Rums of the world. You got rums from Thailand. You got rums from um, South America, other parts of South America. You got rums com coming out of uh, Europe now uh, as well. People importing molasses and making rums from scratch um, as well. So, yeah, it's very tough with rums because they're made in so many different places. Um, but if you focus on yeah. maybe the big regions, the main regions, especially the regions that actually have uh, an appellation or a GI, a geographical indication, because um, then you then know what you have as a product. Um, you know that if you've got a Jamaican rum and it says 12 on the label, the youngest rum in there is 12 uh, years old. If you know that uh, if you have a true Barbados rum, then you're going to taste that and it's going to be made the Barbados way, um, local local molasses and using local waters um, as such, um, um, and then really and, and use interesting barrels and it's going to have a true age statement uh, on the product as well. Um, Puerto Rico is going to be age for a minimum of one year because that's a law in Puerto Rico. Uh, but again, the age claim is going to be true to what it is. A Bacardi 8 is eight years old. Um, a Don Q um, is 
authentic Puerto Rican uh, rums, uh, but again, made much more lighter. And then you have the, the rum, the, the fresh sugar cane juice rums, uh, again, from Martinique. Uh, they have a, an appellation of how these rums are made. Um, there has to be a rule and regulations. It's similar to what we see in Scotch whiskey, similar to what we see in tequila. It's similar to what we see in cognac. These are regions that have appellations and GIs and PDOs and, um, and rules to determine what they are. We have this in rums, but a lot of people forget this or don't know this. So I would start from these regions that have these rules in place uh, to pick your rums on. And then you can talk about the rums in the same way as a cognac, as a tequila, as an armagnac, um, as a Scotch whiskey, as an American whiskey, as an Irish whiskey, as a Canadian whiskey, um, as such. So uh, yeah, that's 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 that'd be my recommendation if you're looking just to start up a bar or looking to grow your your rum category. That's fantastic advice, definitely, and I, I really agree. There's there's so many uh, countries around the world making great products now, and it's really great to be able to see. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, and. Um, well, I'm going to still talk about your bottles because, like I said, I'm very jealous. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm guessing, did a lot of that come yeah, from your sure, bar yeah. and it's now at home and this is your sort of private collection? No, no, no. These are these are just private. These are just my own collection. Right. Um, I get a lot of samples from various different rum companies. They'll send me samples or presents mm. as well. Some of them are just thank yous for what what I do. Um, I recently, even, I recently just got a bottle of appleton 21 euro from appleton and i'm like oh appleton give me rums they don't normally they don't normally have to but it was just to say thank you for what you do and and because i was um um mentioned in the world's top 50 uh, sorry top 100 influencers in the, in the bar world oh, <laughs> um so yeah so they'll just like saying thank you um for what you do and um yeah so a lot of these are, are just gifts or just samples or some of them are work some of them are, i have to taste and sample and write notes or create cocktails um for them so they can use other than, I mean, you're clearly obviously most proud of your own rum, um, but is there any bottle there that you, that's really unique or you're really proud that you have, like anything that's quite different? Um, well, they all have their own differences. Um, mm. Of course, you get the exceptional cast range uh, from Foursquare. I've got the uh, Facundo range from Bacardi that was created um, when they did that. I suppose, um, I mean, some loads of stuff from um, Dr. Joy Spence. I mean, got the Joys and Appleton just making an amazing selection. Uh, Luca Gargano from uh, Velier has teamed up with Appleton. So let yeah, me see, see behind me, I've got the Appleton Estates uh, um, pot still heart collection. Um, nice. Okay. With, uh, the 1994, the 1995, and the 1999 uh, original pot stills from the old stills from back in the days, not the stills they use today to make Appleton. These uh, the so old that's pretty pot unique. Stills. These are the old pot stills that they have at. Uh, uh, the Yarmouth distillery that no one's allowed to go to. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's really nice trying rums um, that uh, have a, a bit of history um, behind them. But I do have a bottle uh, inside here that was bottled in 1780. Um, oh, wow. It was one of the oldest, if not the oldest um, vintage rum in the world. Uh, that was found, they found a few of those, well, quite a few, about a 40 bottles of those in Leeds back in 2012. Here in, in Leeds, all places. Yeah, in a, in a in a mansion called Harewood Harewood House, and that's because the owners, um, the Lassels, used to own a lot of land and property in Barbados and in Jamaica, and uh, they used to bring rum in from their estates and their plantations um, back in the seventeen uh, hundreds. Um, and they yeah, they'd have them in bottles and have them inside the cellars of their mansion of their homes, and then use that break that uh, drink those accordingly for uh, at parties and events. Yeah, and these were found hidden away. They've been locked up since the early 1900s, locked up away in a cellar so the, they didn't get bombed and things like that in the war. And then discovered, um, yeah, early, early, well, 
yeah, early 2000, late 2000s, uh, 2000 and noughties, I should say, so around 2010. And then um, they got auctioned, some of them got auctioned, and they're going for about 25,000 pounds each. <laughs> Wow. Um, if you can get one, if you can get one. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's an interesting room I have uh, as well. Um, that's more than interesting. That's pretty, pretty special. <laughs> wow. It's, it's historic. As well. it's historic. Um, yes. Yeah. Definitely a, a true old Barbadian room. Um, and that really Brilliant. talks about the history and very fortunate to be able to taste, taste some of that before I bought um, and then taste a few, taste, taste a few that other people bought and opened. Uh, I didn't want to open my <laughs> ones. <laughs> Value goes down once you've opened it. Right. Wow. I mean, that's very special. That is. Uh, you're right. Complete history as well in a bottle. Mm. Well, I mean, to wrap up, Ian, um, it's been really great to chat Ron with you, honestly. Oh, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how the success of Rumfest is. Yeah, um, but what what do you have in store, or what do you see Rumfest maybe evolving over the next twelve months to five years? You know, is there anything you want to see more of? Anything you want to see progress in the industry? Yeah. I want to see more rum festivals. As I said, I, I created the world's first um, back in 2007. Um, and then since then, I've influenced rum festivals all over the world. And I'm enjoying that because these rum festivals are, are ways for people to actually taste and sample the various different styles of rums and get information, as I said before, from the horse's mouth, from the master blenders, the distillers, mm. um, the brand ambassadors, and then seeing the, the, the differences in the styles of rums there. So I'd love to see more of those types of events um, happen. I'm, I'm loving the fact that you have established events like Whiskey Live having rum areas. Um, or rum galleries because they've seen the growth of rum they, they they see that a lot of whiskey drinkers are moving towards rum um just because of the price of certain whiskies are going really ex becoming really expensive and you're getting more value for money uh with rums so um yeah it's just see the rum category grow see more premium products um more more products that are based and focused on by region um and country of origin so we can have a, a pre a, a prejudicial view and understanding of what the rum may be in the bottle before we try it. Then we have to decide if we like it or not. Um, yeah, so more GIs. Um, yeah, just just more respect for the rum category. That's what I want to see and, and looking to work towards. And with me personally, I'll be doing that with working with various, as well as my own brand, Equiano, working with other brands around Europe, around the world, doing rum tours, classes, um, master classes, not so much guest bartending. Um, but I'll be doing a lot of guest drinking. <laughs> so <laughs> I will be, we'll be in your bar. I'll create a menu, but I'll be sitting at the other side of the bar drinking while the, the real bartenders are making those drinks that I may have uh, created and done a recipe. But definitely, uh, I most probably will be in Bangkok at some time um, again, because I've been there for a, a long time. Um, Let me know. I'll hook you yeah, up. Definitely. Yeah, probably about four years, three or four years doing work with um, uh, Diplomatico, doing some stuff, I think, with, with from Venezuela, where I'm launching their new number one, number two, number threes, um, which are the various different types of stills um, that they have in Venezuela. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, I love coming out, love coming out to Asia because um, uh, it's just, just always great fun and always great drinks and uh, always a great vibe uh, out there. So yes, looking forward to being back there. So yeah, that'll be me at the end of this year and beginning of next 2020. Now we can, some people can still travel uh, or now we're getting back to traveling again. Um, so yeah, for the growth of rum growth of rum ian thank you so much for today it's been such oh, a pleasure no to problem. talk to you no for the audience please definitely go to rum fest if you can grab yeah. a ticket uh check out ian's amazing work uh, and to you ian thank you keep up the amazing stuff you do yeah, uh, for yes, the rum industry yes, we really yeah. appreciate it and yeah any more information or you see some crazy videos you always you can always come to instagram as well the rum ambassador uh on instagram perfect <laughs> okay
What a fantastic episode. Thank you, Ian Burrell, uh, for chatting to us all about your brands and Ronfest. Guys, get your tickets, head over there and see all the fun. Um, once again, guys, if you do love the show, please like, subscribe, share and uh, yeah, tell your friends and family. Um, what else is there to tell you other than go find my Beverage Network group on Facebook and yes, keep your eyes peeled for my seminar uh, at the Berlin Convent. Uh, I'm really excited to have that shown and uh, yeah, let's talk to you all soon, guys. Thank you.